0: Depay. Memphis Depay goes for goal. Oh!
1: He's
2: done just that. He scores. Janino's done it. All the stadium is erupted here. The relief is palpable all around. Nabil Fakir
1: shoots and scores. Well, there's a finish in a half from Nabil Fakir to double the Lyon lead two minutes before half time, and Manchester City in real trouble on the opening
0: night of the Champions League.
2: Oh, it's in again. It's Dengvalli again and he's come off the bench to score twice Be on for new to the Football Well English podcast. We're back with a transfer special this time. And as always, I'm John by Tom. Tom, how are things with you?
0: It's boiling. It's boiling everywhere. I mean <laughs> all three of us are so in very, very warm conditions, but uh it might be more heated than our transfer window. That's what I'll <laughs> say.
2: No, hopefully the transfer window is more heated than the weather right now. And Jonathan, I'm as always I'm John by too. How are things with you, Jonathan?
1: Great. I'm in the south of France. It's also hot.
2: One thing we can confirm, that it's hot. (laughs) Same in the UK. Um, But obviously, we're going to be discussing transfers this time around. Bit different. Obviously, there'll be no Bruno Cherou from a head of recruitment perspective with a new head of recruitment appointed coming from, it's quite a controversial appointment, I would say, stealing OM's chief scout, Mathieu Louis-Jean, but hopefully brings a new perspective and impetus and we're going to be playing the role of him um, going forward through this episode but firstly before we move on to who we'd like to see leave or who we expect to leave and then our ideas of transfers to come in I'm sure you're familiar with the format it's not the first time we've done this Uh, what do you expect to change now that we've a new head of recruitment Tom?
0: no uh, as you've said it's uh, it's it's a running episode we've had over the three years uh, of this uh, podcast which is uh, slowly coming to the end of the season anyway um what's going to change i think it's hard to say exactly what text to mean t- sometimes um just w- just like we had with bowley before it's And this is no criticism, but the the Americans are masters at communication. And they sometimes say a lot of things without necessarily meaning much and vice versa. Um, So I think we've seen him say that there's going to be links, stronger links with Botafogo, for example. That players might be signed uh, for the Brazilian side uh, and starting to play there. Or like technically signed with OL, but starting off as a loan. In Brazil to acquire experience, um, that's all a bit hectic. I think there's definitely. I think the bigger change we'll have, the two big change we have, is obviously entering a consortium, uh, as we've seen, with and with less success uh, with Manchester City, for example, and, and Red Bull. I think Red Bull do it better than City. I mean. Obviously, there's been so many great... I mean, Jonathan might have seen this, but the the Winamax football club video where they're trying to explain that to was the the main stakeholder and like model to follow for City uh, in in the, this season. Like trois were the example of the CFG. It's obviously a joke, but that uh, you know there's. It's all a bit of a, a mess, these consortiums, and sometimes it works. I think Red Bull currently works pretty well, but others need a bit more time. We've seen with with seven seven partners uh in France with Red Star and, and elsewhere where it's been chaotic. So hopefully it'll be better with us. It'll take time for it to, to work perfectly, but I hope we don't get too many you know, the the off player that we get from from Crystal Palace who's not playing very much, gets sent to Lyon and then are very, very exciting youngster gets sent the other way uh, just because it suits the model. I hope we don't get that, but we will. I think that's let's. there's no doubt about it. The other thing where it, it changes is on the scouting side. I think Mathieu-Louis-Jean comes in with a decent portfolio for Marseille. It's a bit odd, still recruiting guys from Marseille and so on, but, you know, as part of the the the, the world of football today. Um but we'll also get a wider scouts, uh, scouting range with with the other clubs. So I think we have to expect a bigger variety of, of players. Uh, obviously, they're still limited by the number of extra European players that we can have. Uh, obviously, Brazilians being the main one with Botafogo, but also, um, you know, I guess the, the, if we get British players, we're going to have that issue as well um, with Brexit. So... Maybe there'll be more links with with Molenbeek, I guess, w- between Belgium and France. That might work a bit better. But uh, I think we have to expect a larger variety of nationalities. You know, I think, too, when Carvatskelia wasn't signed up last summer because no one wanted a um, Georgian winger, but wanted Brazilians, then maybe Texto wants a bit more variety on that side. Maybe we get a shit ton of Americans coming in. Who knows? Uh, maybe we get a new Rio Griffith. I, I just don't know. Um, who's obviously British. I'm not making that mistake, but let's expect than expected. Hopefully, it's uh, good than expected. But you know, the, things are going to be very different, and I don't think we'll be signing up profiles like Hamari Tor uh, Traore. I think we'll we'll talk about it later. But we might be signing less league on players and expecting more outside of France type of players um, in in that aspect.
2: Yeah, which is something Marseille have done, as we've seen in recent years as well. So maybe that's where the correlation be placing someone from OM who I'm not enamoured with their transfer business over the last few years. I look at players like Luis Suarez and think that failed miserably. Um, Balerdi and other ones as well. There's certain misses that they've made. is another one. Obviously, give him time, but he's only been here a season, but his first season's been catastrophic. I just don't, I'm not enamoured with it, but even still, it's um, it's a work in progress, I guess, moving forwards. But from your perspective, Jonathan, Tom's touched on that we might have to change our expectations from the type of players we see, but from a scouting and video networking, how excited are you to see a new impetus in the OL scouting department? Obviously, it's been a bit of a, Running joke on our podcast that it's terrible, but how are you? How excited are you to see that change moving forwards?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, we've all been asking for a change in the sporting direction. Um, there are parts to the structure which is not directly scouting that's weird. You know, the fact that the new scout or sporting director, whatever you want to call him, the one in charge of everything, doesn't get to pick his coach is odd to me. No, you would think that we need a whole new blank slate for it to actually work. Blonde, why, you know, he has input. He might have a different strategy or everything than, you know, the new scout. So that's kind of weird. And also the fact that the main scout is not starting till July 1st is obviously not a great look because he's going to be late. You know, we're not we're gonna start training camp and we won't have the players we want or we should have. So that's a problem. But overall, I love what Dexter is doing in terms of Focusing on scout data—that's the modern stuff. You know, he wants to invest in that. And you look, know, if you look at Botafogo and Mullenbeck, they're having their best seasons in years, and it works. I mean, I think that you can't go wrong with having more scouts and budget in, in that department. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for the future, and I think we're on the right track. It's just, it might not be right away the next season, you know. But it's a you know, as long as you're patient and the fans understand that it takes time. Um, I'm excited and just one shout out Mickey Scout maybe now's the time to get this guy on board if there's you know a dozen scouts position available he definitely should be the one before he goes to Marseille and ends up being our rival as if you know same with Gallardo who's now our rival But that's another story.
2: Yeah I think if we were in charge of the scouting department we'd all have our own Um, ideas of who we'd like to bring in and obviously we've praised Mickey on this podcast several times in terms of his ideation and profile that he's able to, you know, encapsulate through his work on Twitter, but I don't know if his and the new guy and Janinho's visions are aligned, and obviously the club's got to align with that as well, but it's nice to see that there's going to be some change in a bit more of a dynamic scouting department than the likes of Amin Sar and the rest in the past. But obviously, we'll be discussing that a little bit further on. Moving on to departures then. Obviously, there is going to be departures. Leon have gained a reputation for being a selling club, whether that be prized assets. And then there's also some dead wood that need to move on. So Gusto's left on loan. Um, his loan's expired. Boateng's contract has also run out. Polosbeck's contract has been terminated. Um, I don't know if I'm missing any others that are also come to the end of their contract. Um, we didn't have. things left. left as well. Yeah, I said Bow Sorry, um,
0: it's too warm. <laughs> Getting forgetting names.
2: <laughs> From that, then, if you could visualize players that you think we need to move on, or players that you think will leave, who are their names you're looking at, Tom?
0: Uh, f- I think from from the current squads, um, I don't know why I would be speaking of a previous squad. It's a transfer window, anyway. Um, I think we got to think about who's going to replace them before we send them out, because that's been too m- many times an issue. With let's take Paqueta, let's take Bruno Guimaraes. Neither of them were really replaced. So I feel like there needs to be first a contingency plan if they're going to leave before we let them go. Uh, I'm not. I'm obviously all for player power. And if a player really wants to leave, there's no point in keeping him at the club. However, if the club does not think ahead of that, then there's going to be an issue. We talked last week about the possibility of seeing Shirky go to Newcastle, for example. What happens then? Do we bring in... Uh, Ed Arouche as a, a ten i don't I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, do we bring in someone else? Obviously if Shirky goes, I think there's a good chance we we get unfortunately, he's still inconsistent, but I think we could get easily thirty five million euros for him. Um, so there needs to be a plan for these players before they leave. However, if we look at sort of players that were either out on loan, that needs to be moving on. I think it took, or can be Kadawere. Um, You know, Osh Kassar has, has left as well for, for Valencia uh, after spending a year on load there. Um, there's all those fringe players that were either out on loan or not important to the squad. I'm not sure if Habib Keita's left yet, but I think that's part of uh, that might be a player that needs moving on, um, especially because we've recruited now a player from PSG in the face of DRR. So. There's some fringe players who've really not made big impacts at the club uh, or who have been out on loan for the last few months and just need to be moved on. I mean, I can't see Kadawere or Toka can be ever putting on an OL shirt ever again, uh, as sad as that may be to some supporters. Um, otherwise, I'm thinking more of the likes of... Jumande might be on, on the move. If we bring in another centre-back, that might be a bit better than him. Um, I'm thinking Thiago Mendes. Um, it might be time for him to move on. But realistically, the squad is really not that deep. I mean, a player like Enrique could be moving on, but then he's the ideal player who's just happy to be there and happy to play whenever we give an opportunity. So there, there really is not that many players that could be moving on. I think mean, Bonvi uh, as a backup keeper, I, I don't really see the point when you've got Patouille coming up uh, and Ryu doing pretty well when he plays. Um, so, let's be honest, there's probably 15 players in the professional squad at the moment who have played over 10 games this season um, who who've not already left. You know, the likes of Dembele and Awa have obviously already left. So, I don't really think there's that much of a leeway in terms of putting players out. I don't think we should be selling the likes of of you know Amin Sar just yet. You know, it's the same argument with with Vitinha, it's the kind of thing where we give him a bit more time. Um not so much that I believe he's any, he's ever going to be uh <laughs> yeah Liam says loan to Molenbeek. Uh yes, maybe. Um I just think if we sell him out again now, he's got, we're going to get, what, 3 million, 4 million? Uh, and I think there's no opportunity to make a profit out of him. It's uh, a complete loss. If we keep him for an extra year, there's maybe a chance that he signs... uh, He, he gets a loan or he, he scores a few goals this year and he, we can at least get more or less what he was worth. Well, not what he was worth, but what he was paid for because he was never worth 12 million. But he was maybe... He was paid that much. So there's some fringe players where I just don't believe in them and I think they should be moved on. Others who just generally need to move on. It's like when Marcel left, it was like, let's try and improve this that position. I think Tago Mendes fits that remit. Diomonde somewhat fits that remit. Um and just give some more space to to more players. We we are only playing one competition. I mean, technically two with the Coupe de France, but we've got one competition this year. We can't be overriding the squad with 50 players. We can't become Chelsea. First, because we don't have the financial gains for it. Secondly, there's no point of having that many players when you're not playing European competitions. So I'm not expecting too much of an overhaul in terms of departures and maybe three or four arrivals to compensate those who have left.
2: Yeah, I don't think you can expect a major exodus in terms of players, but I do expect that if we do receive Big offers for the likes of um, Shirky, Kakre, Luke um Tom says, Barcola, I don't think so, just based on the fact that he's only had six months at the top level. Obviously, Shirky's been playing in the first team since he was 16, obviously sporadically, but Kakre and Luke have both had at least one season starting for the first team. So I think they're more likely to be seen as ready prospects to make the switch to a team in the Champions League or Europa League, teams with European football anyway. Uh, But again, it's all a case of if those offers arrive. And as you said, Shirky's been linked with Newcastle, but they've been linked with Dominic Shabushlai and um, James Madison, who also play in that position. And I just think based on where they're trying to go moving forward, Shirky would be a signing for the future whereas Madison and Lai are ready to start for them, so they might not take that risk. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Have you, can you envisage anyone definitely leaving this summer, or are you like me and Tom, you just see it happening based on if we receive big bids for our key players?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen because we're not in the finance department of the, of the club, and we don't know what, how much money is needed. I think the reports are pretty clear that Luke Hiba might leave. You know, is it, So it depends on what we want for sporting direction or not. If I was up to me, we'd keep all our young talent and we'd get rid of the ones who shitty players. I mean, I say it that way. The ones that no one wants. But that's not how it works. You need to balance your books. You need to make some profit. We cannot have in Champions League. So you need to sell the players, some players that are profitable. So you know, if I'd say which ones I want to keep, I want to keep Barcola and I want to keep Cherokee. I would like to keep those two next year. And if someone has to go, of the three, I'd say the three young stars we have, or even Kekre, if you want to include Lukeba, Kekre, Kekre Barcola, and Cherokee, those four, I would say I'd rather see Lukeba leave. Um, that would be my choice. But, you know, I'd like them to all stay. If I if I texter really wants to win, we should keep them. But that being said, $70 million for Lukeba, of course you say yes. And I think we learned that lesson with Awar, which is, when one of our prospects is ripe and getting large offers, you have to say yes. You can't turn it down. That's not our club model. Gusto was the right sale. The offer was huge compared to what his current, you know, skill was and, and career. And Cherokee is the same thing. I mean, I, you know, you guys know I love Cherokee, but if you're getting 45 million, 40 million for Cherokee, how do you say no to that? You know, you might say, he oh, may be worth more in the future. That's but still, you can't really say no to that in a club in our position. The same reason as Benfica and, and clubs that we model ours ourselves on, they don't say no to ridiculous offers as well. You just don't have the choice. you know. Same with Ajax, stuff like that. So to me, I'd like to keep Cherokee. I'd like to keep Barcola. But everyone has a price when you play at Lyon. And if we're talking about players I'd want to get rid of, definitely. We all know those. Chago Mendes needs to go. He's been there too long. Uh Toko Kambi can't come back. We all know that, and I think everyone knows that. Um, You know, Awar's gone, and Dembele's gone. I think we need to get rid of um, uh, some defenders. So, you know, Boateng is gone, and, oh my god, how do you get blank. Jomande. Jomande, I think, my opinion of Jomande is we gave him a chance, and he's not going to be needed at Lyon anymore. He's a great guy, super friendly, but he's not Lyon's center back. So to me, we get rid of Diamande and we look for replacements. Umtiti, we'll talk about it later. He's not one of my suggestions for the transfer, but for just a cheap backup requirement, you know, he's not bad guy. So anyways, um, I think there's players to get rid of. I don't think we could have of Fico. I think he was satisfactory. But again, if someone offers $10 million for Fico, you can't say no. Um, you know, But I think he's good. And Tolisto to me, has been the biggest disappointment. I don't think anyone wants him, but I don't think he's also the person we build on in the midfield. And I, I, I don't think so. Um, but that's just my opinion. I hope it was just a transition season and next season he comes back stronger. At least he played a lot of matches, but he's definitely not the star midfielder we need. And we'll talk about it in the transfer window, but I think we definitely need a center, a defensive midfielder.
2: Interesting. Before this episode we've not specified what areas of the pitch we're looking at, so there may be some difference there. So before we move on to that section and talk about the players we've profiled, uh what positions are you primarily looking at? We've said three players, but what positions are you looking at, Tom, in terms of recruitment if you're taking the position of Mathieu Louis Jean for the next two months?
0: I think there's three key areas, but again I discussed this in the last episode of um, what kind of formation will we'll be playing? um I think currently we don't need it, but I would have said a right winger um just because I think Barkle is better as a, as, a, as a left midfielder and we need an actual winger there. and again, I would have offered someone like Bamba uh, at the end of his contract, knowing that he's from Saint-Étienne. anyway, but I think in the current situation, there's three key positions. so there's center back which either will be a starter in case um, Lukeba leaves, uh, or someone better than Lovren. As much as he's been great, there's maybe someone there, but we need more numbers, especially if we sell Jomande. It's going to be uh, Mamadou Saar, who's like 16 or something, as the, as the next backup. So um, you can't have just three centre-backs, including two who are under the age of 20. Uh, it's just not an option. So centre-back, then... Uh, for sure, there's another striker to bring in because Dembele is left, and like as it needs a bit more resting. I mean, maybe if in the current situation he needs a partner in attack, uh, who's not Barcola, then there's a striker there, might be up and coming, and might be a confirmed striker who might be aging, but at least scoring like 15 goals a season uh, in Ligue 1. and and then I've said a, I've put an eight like sort of could be defensive midfielder could be box to box midfielder so there's the two I've put two profiles down for that position uh I have four names in total uh I'm still shared what exactly we need but I think Kakre, Tolisso and a third midfielder which could be attacking could be defensive in case we move around Kakre and Tolisso so so that's where I've where I think the priority is but I'm I'm open to to see what your suggestions are as well
2: Interesting. What about yourself, Jonathan? What are you looking for in the transfer window if you're taking on the heart of Mathieu Louis Jean for the next couple of months?
1: Um, you know, how I did it, I obviously have way more names than I need, but to stick to just what we need, I've always said from last podcast, and I've said it for a while now, I think you only need a striker. We need goals. I, so I think it's very important if I had to allocate money, would be um, the striker. Support like a Z or to play with like so I have a striker, like I said right before this. Toliso to me is not going to be the one I would start with in the season, he can come off the bench, be helpful minutes. But I have a starting center midfielder, center defensive midfielder, and I have to me a, a defensive player, which is a center back. You know, and I also have a fourth name, fifth name. You know, have a right back that we might need. I think Kumedi is good enough to me to play League So, personally, it's not a priority. He's more if there's an opportunity comes up, but I don't think we need to get a starter at right back that would that would go ahead of Kumbedi, you know, maybe, you know, so if the, I have an interesting name that I thought was cheap to potentially throw out there, but we'll talk about it. But really, to me, the three positions are striker, we keep the wings as they are, we get a midfielder to starting midfielder and a starting center back. And that's what I have.
2: Right,
0: I've cheated. I've gone for four positions.
2: <laughs> um
0: I agree. This like is what the transfer episodes are like. You know, the first <laughs> one is a historic one, an hour and a half with Jonathan. So uh, yes, you know, go for it.
2: We're going we're trying to keep it as minimal as possible on time. You'll know when you see the episode uploaded whether we've kept that promise. Um but I've gone for centre back. I both agree that just on the fact that Diamond is not quite proven proven himself and again Lovren is 33 34 so it's not a long term prospect so i've looked at young centre backs who don't necessarily have to start every game but are ready to take that mantle if necessary more on the right side i don't see luke cairn leaving this summer um Right-back as well, I've looked at a couple of options who would most likely take the senior mantle. I do like converted, but I'm not 100% sure that he's ready to start a full season of the New game But I get your point with the fact we've no European football. Now's the best time to trust him, but I've still gone for a couple of options at right-back. Um, an attacking midfielder and again, strikers. I don't understand how we're going to sign another six or eight, considering we've got Five or six players who can play in those positions at present, um, but again, if we sell Thiago Mendes, etc., maybe we do look for options in that section of the pitch. And um, so, shall we start with centre back options? Do you want to reveal yours, Tom? Give us a bit of an explanation as well.
0: Okay. Um, well, I've not got from the young option. I don't. I don't really know why. What necessarily was my thinking in terms of how to integrate him? Because, obviously, there's a mentality of if Luke believes and so on. But, uh, I mean, I said it last time. I'm, I'm going for him, Titi. I mean, there's there's been, obviously, his, his great interview and and with, with Telefoot where he says, basically, he's enjoyed the season in Lecce, but he wants to move on as much as he probably does want to stay in Italy more than come back to France. There's, there's a world where he really insists quite regularly that he wants to play again with Lacazette. So, I just think the story would be great. Uh, he's from the rare matches I've seen him play and it has been mostly against bigger teams the likes of Roman and Juventus um, he's been really good obviously there's the same consistency issues that we might have with Toliso, but I feel like his body has recovered better currently than Tolisso's um, I just think it'd be a great story that being said if we have a centre-back pairing starting next season with Umtitian and Lovren I'm not sure it's the best message from Texter to say, oh, basically, we've just done what Jean-Michel Lolas did last summer of just going back in time. Um, so, not ideal. But I knew that you'd be going both probably for younger options and backup options. So, I thought I might put in in the hat someone who might replace Lukeva, who has shown that he can get injured this year or even suspended. So, th- I think it's a good think that we have someone like him and I do believe that Mamadou Saar, who's obviously played very well with France uh, under those teams recently um, and has won the Gambardella last year uh, can be the future of the club just like Luke Luqueba was so I don't want to impede his development too much with uh, you know Mamana type of player you know up and coming can be sold in the next two or three years but needs to play a lot to be sure we get value for money so yeah Untiti is my choice
2: Okay, what about you, Jonathan? Are you going more for the nostalgic route, like Tom, or have you gone for a bit more of a, I don't know, out there choice, potentially from the Brazilian league by any chance?
1: Not for center back, which is a surprise. But you know, Uptiti was on my list. I had a, a little, I have a list, and I have a little plus sign at the bottom, which is you know, extra bonus players. And Uptiti is definitely on it. I think for four million, which is the cost that they're saying, totally do it. Nope. Question to ask. Get an experienced player. Whether he starts or not, I don't think he'll start, but having him at the club is just a win win for everyone and someone experienced that can play. So definitely him. But the player I p- picked for center back position, I picked Diego Laurente from Leeds, who is returning from loan to Roma. He is uh, 29 years old. He is worth 12 million on transfer mark, but I don't know if that's how accurate that is, but he just had a pretty poor loan at Leeds. You know, I think he, I don't think Roma wants to keep him. They have good players there. And so I think that he would be a good center back option in his prime, you know, 29 is in his prime. I think he needs a new uh, option and I think we could get someone like that. Um, So yeah. And and he also plays some kind of midfield sometime, but really it's more of a center back role um, to either start next to Lovren or to pay behind Luke So, that was my option, you know, especially because he needs a club and it's not going to be Roma, it's not going to be Leeds, obviously, because they're not going to keep him. So um, that's what I went with.
2: He's likely to have relegation release clause in his contract as well, which could make him a possible choice. I know that Robin Koch, I'm not suggesting him, but he can go for free after Leeds' relegation. So... There's probably something in his contract which means he's going to be available, so that's an interesting choice. I've gone closer to home and gone for Anthony Hluo. Um, I pre- preferably from um football manager experience, um, they rate him highly <laughs> with potential, but again, I just think, um, a part of the Toulouse side that won the Coupe de France this year, so it's not faced by big games. Obviously, they weren't challenged in that big match, but. We saw against us, he played pretty comfortably at the back. He's right footed as well. I think he's 22. So, again, that young profile, French uh, under 21 international. Um, He just seems like a competent defender who's ready to take a step above Toulouse. No disrespect to Toulouse, because obviously they've got European football next year. But, well, dependent on the Red bird situation, obviously, whether they're both allowed to play in European competition next year. But I just think there's definitely a place for him to come to Leon for two or three years, and then make that step to a bigger club if he can continue on the same upwards trajectory. Um, have you any thoughts about either mine or Jonathan's shouts, Tom, or he's still sticking with titty? The nostalgia
0: effect is what I, I think. think. If there is a sale such as uh, Jumonde, uh I don't think it's an issue to get uh, two of the three names. If you get what I mean. I mean like as Jonathan pointed out TT for 4 million must do. It's cheap. Yes. Cheap. Uh, cheap with experience good vibes really loves uh, Lacazette can be an instant leader in the dressing room as much as you might not play as much. Um, you know you're thinking to a um Adil Rami at the World Cup. You know, he, he's gonna bring good energy, he's gonna fight for his position, uh and and really show his worth. And then I mean both I really think Llorente was the left field shout. I I really had not thought about that one. But I mean it's uh it's an interesting choice. Uh brings experience as well. Um not necessarily the European experience, but at least um he's been around much uh throughout Europe. So why not? And
1: ten caps on the Spanish national team. You know.
0: Exactly. So I mean, we love a good international player. That's what we've been missing at Lyon for the last few years. Um, and and always a player I've really enjoyed uh, this year and, and the previous year. I think he's got a great uh, story as well. I've seen great interviews with the documentary they did um, last year for the the promotion season. So I think two of the three would be good. Um, but then again, that that really blocks. Uh, SARS development so maybe not ideal um but I get I guess if you get two, then you you are free to to sell someone like uh, Lukeba uh, and have war and um umtiti starting for example that'd be pretty exciting so who knows yeah um, I I can understand Umtiti. I'm just I'm just
2: i am just of the opinion that when you start signing to Lisa, so we've had Ndombele come back. We've had um, with Lacazette come back. I have no qualms with Lacazette coming back because he's been brilliant, one of the best strikers in Europe last season. But it's almost like getting the band back together and it's like we should be moving forwards to the future rather than going back to the past. And we've already signed a short-term option at centre-back with Lovren um I know City's only 29 but again I just don't see as a long term perspective that it's the right signing even if he does cost 4 million euros but there's definitely an upside to it I'm sure we'll see whether that's something they go for but it feels like something the old Leon would do rather than the well we're yet to know what the new Leon's going to do but it feels like a more old term thinking than new term thinking just my opinion, but I don't know. What about you, Jonathan? Are you appeased by either mine or Tom's options or are you sticking firmly with Diego or your
1: I mean, like I said, that we talked about it, it is a good win-win to me and and your option, you know, good player. I have no problem with it. I wish John Tex would listen to us. You know, we speak English and he understands everything we say. So, you know, either one, you know, as long as you, and we talked about in the in the preview or just before this, the intro, that it all depends on money outgoings and goings. So if Lukeba stays, we don't need to invest in a center back. You know, Lovren, uh, Lovren, Lukeba as a starting pair is good enough to me. And we're only playing, you no, know, no Europe. So it all depends on Lukeba's departure. Um, because if Diomande leaves, I think he can be replaced numerically by Sar and add Umtiti if you want, but really you don't even need anyone. So, um, you know, Boateng and Diomande, if they both leave, maybe you get you know, one more or so. I don't know. I think I think there was a good job. I think we did good on this one. And let's see if we do better on the next positions.
2: So we'll go with right back next. Considering you don't think we need a right back, Jonathan. I'm gonna give you the final say me and Tom will pitch our options. I still pick someone. I still again. have someone. Okay. Well, based on that, you go first.
1: And like I said, the my pick is not gonna be as impressive as yours because I don't think we need a right back to start and compete with I think it's just someone in the rotation when there's injuries, when there's red cards and he gets a lot of fouls and stuff like that so my guy is again from the same club I just had and it's going to be Luke Ailey. Um he is quite experienced I don't think he is adult good enough to be a starter but he is at the end of his contract and he is not worth much and I think to have him play five to eight matches in the season. I wouldn't mind taking that personally. And I know that he's had a really poor season this year. And Leeds has been the worst defense ever. But under Bielsa, I thought he was very exciting. And I had a lot of fun watching him under Bielsa. And like I said, Kumbedi to me starts 30 plus games next season. And if he wants to play five to eight games, we're talking about guys who are willing to play that role. Maybe him. So, like I said it's not your names are going to be starters mine is just a backup so they're less less appealing I just know that he's worth like 1 million or something ridiculous like that and I think we could do that
2: That was the last name I was expecting to come out of your mouth I'm not going to lie I was expecting you to come up with some like 19 year old Brazilian right back but neither oh, Because was-
1: if you go into the premise that the 19 year old we already have and you don't want another young player you want some old guy who basically doesn't have much left in him
2: yeah, no, it makes sense. He can also play centre-back as well. And at Bristol, he did play his left-back, so he's got the scope to play across the defence. But yeah, I, I just can't pitch <laughs> Luke Kaling in a Leon shirt. I really can't. Interesting
0: shout, though. To be fair, we guy. didn't imagine Lucy Bronze in a, in a Leon shirt ever, so that happened. Yeah, it's...
2: Yeah, very interesting shout. I'm sure there'll be some interesting reaction to that. What about you, Tom? Who are you
0: picking? I didn't imagine we'd need a right back and then I remember that we don't have Gusto anymore so we don't have another right back. Um, On the top of my head, I know that from the rare games I've seen of him, Laziri is pretty decent from the academy uh, so I'd be happy to to move him up. Uh, But then that's two youngsters so maybe not ideal. I think if he hadn't signed an extension on the top of my head, I would have said Ismaili from Lille but he's just signed an extension of a year, uh, I think. So that that might be an option. Or uh, left field child is Tobias Vinicius Tobias, I think he's called from Shakhtar Donetsk, who was on loan at the Castilla of Real Madrid. Uh, Shakhtar obviously still involved, not directly, but technically involved in the war, and will need money. And to an extent, it, the deal worked pretty well with Tete, as much as I believe we sort of fucked uh, Shakhtar over um, and we got fucked over afterwards uh, by not signing Tete. Um, I do think a sort of similar agreement with end of contract type of thing uh, or uh, a loan with option to buy or whatever with Vinicius Tobias uh, would be really interesting because he's done very well with the... I've watched him a lot in the Youth League, uh, especially, and and the rare videos I've seen of him. Sorry, uh, have been... You know, really interesting. So, I didn't have a name for right back, but then I do realise that we only have a single right back at the moment, uh, other than Jamonde, who, you know, not really an option, and Lazar, Laziri. Right Sorry?
2: <laughs> who isn't a right back. No,
0: who isn't a right back, <laughs> but has played there. Mm-hmm. Uh So, I would have trusted Laziri, but, you know, uh, it really depends on the trust that we want to put into the, the youngsters at the club, or whether we want to go full, sort of, OM type of recruitment of mm-hmm. let's just get some, some random guy from Chile and <sighs> let's hope for the best.
2: I've profiled a bit more of a... It'll probably be expensive just uh, based on the just season. Just one
0: thing. Obviously, last week we would have expected Hamari Traore to be the top on the yeah. list, but he's obviously signed in Spain this week.
2: He was my initial choice too, just based on the fact it looked like it was happening. It made sense. He's league on experienced, etc. But obviously he's gone elsewhere. I've gone for Yukinari Sugawara is at Alkmaar. Um, just based on the fact that, in terms of attacking sense, he is an absolute monster. 15 goal contributions this season. If you go on his FB ref, his attacking numbers are just a sea of green. He's an excellent passer as well. Defensively, not necessarily the same, but again, he's not asked to do that. His main impetus is to play as an almost. He, he plays like a right winger i'm not going to lie which maybe isn't something that leon need but i just couldn't mention him i just look at his fb ref and it makes me excited so that's who i want he will be expensive definitely possibly out of leon's reach because i know other clubs in europe have been linked with him i could see him going to a a leipzig or someone like that who play through at the back he's destined to play through at the back he would definitely suit having someone to shift into the spaces as he leaves behind but at 20, I think he's 22. Um, he might even be younger than that. Um, he'd just be an excellent pickup. But again, I just don't see us going for that. That's me thinking with my, um, I guess, a bit more eccentric hat. But we'll see what we do. I expect something a bit more like Luke Hayling if we do sign someone, but not Luke Hayling, just if I'm um, honest. But again, if Leon, if if Luke Hayling signs for Leon Jonathan, you are... Uh, You are a mastermind when it comes to predicting the future. Let's put it that way. Uh, Moving into the midfield department, I think we've all got different ideas of what we need from a midfield perspective. I think you guys both said you've profiled more sixes and eights, and I would said attacking midfielders. So based on the fact I've not looked at attacking midfielders, I'm going to take the role of adjudicator and see who's got the best option. So I'll come to you guys First, I'll go, Jonathan, let's hear your uh, midfield option.
1: So I've talked about him before, and so it won't be very exciting. But, you know, me and as well as Mickey, we've been watching this guy called Andre from Fluminense for the past. I've watched him for two seasons now. He's, to me, the best midfielder in, in the Brazilian league. He's been linked with Premier League last summer. Maybe it was last winter, but, you know, we're in the middle of the Brazilian league right now. He plays hundred percent of matches. He just got called up with the Brazil national team for the first time. He didn't play, but he's been called up now, so that's huge. No one has, he has no deal apparently with any club in Europe yet, which is crazy to me. He plays as a number six. He's super technical. Great calves, by the way. They're quite large. Um, you know, he plays with the low socks, that kind of style. Um, but he is really, really good. Passing accuracy in ninety five percent and more. You know, he's really impressive. And, you know, transfer market on 14, but I would say he's more of the 20. You know, he's an investment, obviously, but he's young. Um, You know, let me see, how old is this guy? He is 21 years old. Um, You know, and so I think 25 million, I know that's a large investment, but that was similar to Paqueta, that was similar to Guimarães, those kind of players. You get them that we had the Brazilian connection that I think. One of the things why you make fun of me of the Brazilian league, you know, I watch it because of the time zone in America. But Lyon has a really good reputation in Brazil. It's one of the clubs where we can compete with other bigger clubs, with Benfica, with Ajax. You know, we we can actually compete in that country. When you look at you know uh, British talent or Spanish talent, they don't really care about Lyon. They'd rather go in their own club. But Brazil, we really have a, a good thing. And with Junior with, Juninho were there, we were even better. But now I still think with John Texter, who's an owner there, we have a really good bet. So Andre's my pick. I would be so happy if that happened. And I know that John Texter watches a lot of Brazilian league. So I'm sure he knows of him. So that's my guy. And shout out to Mickey again because he had him on his list last year and it hasn't happened.
2: That's the Brazilian league. Reference that we look if I know you've spoken about him before, I can't say I'm massively familiar with him, but again, the money thing I don't think would be an issue because Texter had his heart on signing. I think it is he called João Gomez that went to yeah, Wolves initially. It initially so it was
1: less good than Andre, but a similar position.
2: So if that's something he's noticed and thinks we do need a midfielder because less than six months ago, he was profiling a midfielder. It was him. We knew that he was the one who wanted Joao Gomez. So if you know someone can get in his ear, having probably watched him against Botafogo or again in other games, he'll know of the player. So that is something that I could see happening as signing someone from um, Brazil this summer. I liked Danilo, who signed for Nottingham and proved to be a success as well. So there are proven track records of midfielders coming from the Brazilian league. Um, what about you, Tom? Have you gone for a Brazilian or have you gone for a bit more of a league arm pick? What are you going for?
0: I've gone... Uh, should I do the defensive one first? And then you're doing... Sure. Yeah, okay. The defensive one is someone that was also shouted out by um, a guy on on a Twitch show that I watch regularly on Mondays called Orgeux in French. And I actually don't... I don't know if financially it would work, but I went for Everton's Ducore, who's out of contract. Uh, Liga experience, obviously scored the, the goal that saved them from relegation at the end of the Premier League season. Um, was fantastic when he played in Liga and has been a pretty consistent player in the Premier League over the last few years, obviously, mostly with Watford, but also in that prime Everton years with Alan and James Rodriguez in the midfield under Ancelotti. I still can't believe that happens, but you know, things do happen in life. Um He's out of a contract. Currently, I don't know. Uh, the fact that he's staying up might mean he stays. I know that Everton have confirmed uh, the, the departures of Yeremina and other players and have not confirmed that he's leaving. So, um, I guess there is negotiation there. I mean, he's obviously a hero uh, <laughs> in at the at, uh, Goodison Park. So he might be staying there and obviously we can't compete financially in terms of wages. However, a return to France would be similar to what, to a lesser extent, uh, Moussa Sissoko did recently. Moussa Sissoko obviously spent a lot of time at Spurs and came back to France to play for Nantes. Uh, I don't think i will be staying there for very long. Again, another rogue shout, Musa Soko <laughs> on the right wing. Uh, just no, he's too. I'm fed up with it. Uh, but Corey I think, still has the legs to play there. Uh, very good defensively. I wouldn't put him as a six, but as a sort of box to box defensive player, uh, I think he does very well. He's got a pretty decent vision of the of of play. So that's my choice. It's an interesting one, but I, I think there's there had to be something out there, and obviously in that position, I would have preferred someone like Branko Van Ben Boomen, but obviously left for for Ajax, and I've also put down um, uh, Grilich, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I obviously have other names for attacking options, but as defensive ones, that's what I have.
2: Both good shouts, I think. Ducor is much more likely, but I must admit Andre is much more exciting. I think Duke is of a. Of course. But like,
0: I, I wasn't going to trespass on Jonathan's prison market. <laughs>
2: No, of course. I, I'm just meaning in the perspective of the Ducore is one coming from the Premier League, so his wages are going to be high. He's probably on 80 grand a week at Everton. I don't think we're going to be able to offer him the equivalent of that in Euros. We're not going to offer him 95,000 Euros. Obviously, it probably would come down. As you're gesturing, people can't see. It would come down. But even still, 65,000 Euros on a week on Ducore, I think, could be sp- spent better elsewhere. Obviously Andre coming from Brazil, is probably on three, four thousand euros a week at present. If you were to offer him thirty, forty thousand to come play for Leon, he's gonna take your hand off every night day of the week, hopefully. Hopefully. But again, I don't know enough about him to be able to comment. But with the Brazilian picks you've picked in the past, Jonathan, I'm sure he's excellent. Um, attacking options, then I'll go with mine first. I'm not going to spend a lot talking about him because he's been spoken a lot about recently. I don't think he's attainable for Leon, so I've gone for a different option too. I think you might have the same Tom. I initially went with Mike Trezor from um, is it he's Genk, Genk. I think? It's yeah, Genk. yeah, um,
0: you think of you Orban who's from Gent, yeah, Genk um, is, is uh, Orban's uh, Trezor's club, sorry,
2: yeah. His season's been excellent, 29 goal contributions. He's attacking midfielder. He can also play on the flank, but traditionally as a 10. So it would see a change in playing style. But again, I think he'd be, he'd probably be a punchy acquisition for Leon. So I'm going to go with a bit of an interesting shout and say Fabio Cavallo alone. I just think with, He's not been he's already been told by Klopp he's not going to play this season. Leipzig want him permanently. Liverpool don't want to let him go permanently. Um coming to Leon playing at the upper end of League on well hopefully upper end of League on for next season. Um there's if Shirky or Barcola do leave, there's definitely going to be a um a need to fill the left flank with uh Tucker can be leaving. Um, and if they do decide the 10 is the right way to go, he's also played in a midfield three as well. So I just think he's a versatile option that would work. Settle the wages half and half with Liverpool. It'd be a really cost-effective option for a season. Um, based on time, we've only got Jonathan for a limited amount of time this evening. I'm going to come for your strike pick first, Jonathan, and then me and Tom will discuss his striker options too.
1: Yeah, so um, for this one, I picked not a Brazilian. Although I have two names, so I have a second one I'm throwing in there right at the end. But the first name that I have, and the main name that I think, and I think you're be surprised again because it was not something you name, is um, a player who is in Serie A who had an incredible season and who has played in Ligue 1 before. And his name is Boulaidia Dia. He's the third... Best goal scorer in Serie A, sixteen goals. If you watched Saler China no, Saler that's the team. He was sensational. He was the reason they're still in Serie A. He was really impressive. He's developed as a player. I don't even know if he's attainable for Lyon because of how good a season he had. And I think of another you no know, Italian club's gonna want him, but he's valued at 14 million in Serie A or in, in on transfer mark. You know, he had 16 goals and six assists in 33 games on a team that is, you know, lower table. Um, I really like his game. He speaks French, which helps, you know, always with adapting. He knows Ligue 1, obviously, with his past where he's played, you know, uh, at Mess and, or uh, not Mess, where would he start from? Or uh, was his career. And so he's my pick because. Lacazette is still there. So, you know, I definitely think we need a striker. I want to keep Barcola and Cherky as wingers or as other supporting cast. And we need someone who can complement La Cazette. You know, he's big and strong and a finisher. And I think he could uh, work well with him. And just before I finish, I got my name Brazilian in there, which I have also mentioned in the past briefly. But this is a player who plays at Botafogo. So how easy is that? Mateus Nascimento, 19 years old the U-20 Brazilian national team who is not even playing in the Brazilian at Botafogo right now, which is weird because they have another good player. But I would say buy him, you know, with, with John Texter's deal and just loan him back to Botafogo. And I know that won't help us this season, but I think we need to get on him. And it's such an opportunity with the Botafogo connection that we can't pass on this. So Mateo tencimiento someday will be a striker in the Premier League and why not just get his rights now, like another smart club would do for nothing? I don't know. Five million, we could get his rights right now. And then, like what the Texter said, just loan him back. And there he plays for a couple more seasons. And then when he's ready, he comes here. So, good idea. Although, you know, when I say that name, I just think the problem is whether he's going to want, you know, the problem with the striker is everyone knows Le Cazette is here. And everyone knows that we play no Europe. And so someone has to come knowing they're probably not going to start unless we play with two forwards. And so that's a hard ask. But if you could convince him, I like his game a lot.
2: I agree. I love idea when he had that prolific season. I think it was for Rams before he moved to Villarreal. Um, he's probably attainable from a price perspective as well. I don't think he'll be massively inflated in terms of price. But as you say, after such an impressive season whether he wants to come to Lyon without European football, when there's going to be Premier League clubs or double or triple his wages interested, and then clubs in Europe, whether that be in Liga or Spain or Italy, who are also interested in him. Is it is it difficult probably to get across? And as you say, one for the future. If we're going to utilise that Botafogo connection to our strengths, I'm still going to... I'm not going to mention Jeffinho, but there is something to be leveraged from it with. As you say, I'll take your word from it. I don't know enough about him, but someone at 19 who's predicted by yourself and others likely to be able to play in the Premier League wonder why not bring the opportun- take the opportunity to bring him to Lyon and then send him back with this dual ownership model, which we've seen suggested in the news the last couple of days. Um, what about you, Tom? Who are you going for with your striker picks? And if you feel want to throw your attacking midfield, fielder shouts in there as well.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll do the strike and then once um, Jonathan has, uh, has left, uh, I'll do the, the last shout, which I think should be the priority. But uh, I'm going for uh, youngster Zeki Amdouni from Basel, uh, who uh, obviously is slightly biased by the fact I did do a Basel episode on the podcast recently and was really impressed by his run in the Conference League. 12 goals and 5 assists uh, this year. is obviously not huge, but he's uh, he's got massive character. Um, quite physical, quite quick as well. Maybe lacking a bit in finishing, but will be very happy to play that second fiddle role for a bit. Uh, he already technically does it a bit for Basel. He's not always starting um, for some odd reason, because every time he comes on, he scores. Um which is exactly what you want, because that's the issue we have with Saar at the moment, is that we can't start him because he's not good. And he's not good enough to come on and revitalise the squad because he's, he's just not that kind of player. He needs time to, to settle. I think Kandouni has developed that super sub role, which I obviously think he doesn't want to get attached to for the rest of his career. And obviously he wants to to become a starter in a in a, in a big club one day. But uh, I think for now we can have him as, as two strikers or have him as a backup of Lacazette and and bring him on at the end of the game and, and have a real impact. So that's that's my main shout. And, you know, there's there's other shouts that we discussed privately before, Liam. But, you know, Abib Diallo, obviously, for Strasbourg, I think he's going to sign for some random Premier League side next year after scoring 20 goals for for Strasbourg this year. And I've put down the name of Josh Maggia because, obviously, Bordeaux have now confirmed that they're not going up. Um, Josh Maggia is obviously a, a cult hero on Netflix, but... Other than that, I think he's a decent striker and um, could be could be interesting shout, but I don't think he's quite the player that everyone hyped him up as. Um, so that's that's an option.
2: Has he had a good season in League Two? By any chance, sixteen
0: show? goals and six assists, which in League Two terms up. is pretty good. Uh, although Bordeaux were a pretty attacking side, so that you know you do have to score the goals. But obviously, with Bordeaux not confirmed, they're not going up. That means yeah. there's an option there
2: cut I had a similar season as well, didn't he, when we spent 10 million on him, so it's not something that we're against to. Is there any of those options, Jonathan,
1: that pique your interest that Tom's just mentioned? My option for striker was well, I had
2: to. I went with Balogun initially. I just thought, coming back on another As if. Season. As if. He's a proven league on goal scorer. He's not going to. The Arsenal are not going to want to let him go for anything less than 35, 40 million this summer. I don't see a world in which anyone pays that for him. Um. Maybe if he was English club, well, he's still got the English nationality of being homegrown, but the fact he's a American international could bring his price down. You know, the English tax is something massive in English football. Um, I don't know. I just think he'd be a good option for a loan spell for a year. And then the other option I was, again, he's also a bit punchy is Ano Danjuma. I think he can play in the central. He can play on the left. He's, Essentially, said he's leaving. Romano said that clubs from France are interested in him. After that, I just thought he'd he wouldn't be a Memphis replacement because Memphis left two years ago. But he reminds me of Memphis somewhat in the fact he can play centrally on the left. He's not an out and out striker, so he could play with another striker. It won't be like playing Dembele and Lacazette together up front, who've no idea how to play with each other. Um, I think he'd be a good option in terms of versatility. Um, his Sloan spell at, at Tottenham was miserable, to be quite frank. I remember him scoring one goal against Reading in the Cup, and I think he scored maybe two in the Premier League. It might have even been one. I know he's definitely scored at least one. Um, But again, he's not out of reach based on how his last couple of seasons have gone. And if we can get the best out of him, there's a player there that could be a massive windfall in future, you know, another Premier League club would pay 25, 30 million pounds if you can recapture that form. So I don't think there's much risk applied to it. Um, what's the one must that you're prioritising then, Tom? The one, the one that we're on tender hooks for.
0: Well, I think, uh, what in general with all the names we've talked about, you said you had another I, target. I had, you... a, I had uh, a choice, a big choice on on attacking midfielders. Obviously, there's been the rumour of. Ludovic Blas, but he's inconsistent, and I think attitude sometimes has been a bit poor, uh, as well as his regularity uh, on the field. So I think he needs to leave. Not, but I don't think he's quite regular enough to be a OL player. uh, Although I think he'd have a good impact off the bench. Actually, I did forget someone in the players we have to sell. Romain Fèvre. I mean. He has to come back from his loan, and has been pretty terrible So um, for Lorient. So I would not expect him to start anytime soon at Lyon. He
2: scored twice on the final there, to be fair. So maybe okay, well, that. Saying, right, I'm back, I'm ready. But I wouldn't be shocked if we used him, in all honesty. Probably. I um, There's Jeff argument. where I played as well.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, same argument for Jeff. Um, he probably uh, will come back into the fold but that's the kind of players he's has got earning too much money and more Jeff. I, I think we are past the fact that Jeff is a promising talent uh, and it's just not good enough for this level. Fevre has obviously not had the right opportunity to, to exert himself, and obviously has said numerous times that it's um, it's you know just just not in the right state of mind and that training was terrible for him. So, um, you know, Feveld might need some fresher air than in, in, in Lyon. But the one player I did want to underline, and he's, he's not a famous one, and it uh, goes more with my fondness for Eastern Europe, and it's um, Mr. Baterina from uh, Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, he's obviously he's been flagged by many many data scouts online, uh, notably on Twitter. I don't know how he's still playing for, for Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, similar to you, yeah, I was going to say, similar to you with football manager, for me, it's a, he's a FIFA guy. Uh, <laughs> currently currently playing a lot with him on, on FIFA. Uh, yes, I am 24 and I will grow up one day. Uh, but um, he, he is a prime talent and division, uh, he has, he's a real eight. I think he's a mix, if you consider a prime paqueta to be a 10, which I don't think he actually does anymore. I think he's more of an eight now, so he might be close to what Patarina does his best at the moment. But he's definitely not the defensive player that uh, Bruno Guimarães was, so I think he would be perfect to link up play. He's very agile. Uh, he's not necessarily a dribbler, but he can skip past players quite easily. Um, huge tenacity. It's not exactly Nicola Barella, but he just never gives up and always keeps on running. So... Uh, will create chances, will create opportunities for his teammates. Um, he's Croatian, so obviously technically gifted. Um, coming from Dinamo Zagreb academy, it's a must. Uh, he's the next big thing. I seem to remember he's been called up at least for the the the, the main squad of Croatia. But uh, at worst, he's at least played a lot for the under twenty ones, and will be showcasing his talent in Romania and Georgia this uh, upcoming month uh, for the under 21 zeros. I think he's typically the style of player that if we can't get more Brazilians in through the door, which I'm sure we will with the (laughs) the links with Botafogo, um, he's the kind of exotic talent that I was talking about at the start of not expecting it to be... We might find a similar player in France, but the fact that he's Croatian makes it slightly more exciting. Yeah. Which is exactly the counter-argument that everyone had with... Kavatskelia last summer. It's like Willie Sagnol is saying very openly he's offered him to Saint-Étienne and other clubs in France. And they were like, oh, who gives a shit about Georgia? Well, that's the thing. People do give a shit about Croatia. And if you tell them we've got an attacking midfielder who's from Croatia and could be the next Modric, then of course you're going to sign him. Um, the thing is, if I know about him, the fact that every scout ever has known about him for the last three years, I don't think Lyon is going to be the prime Club on him, you I think know. It's punchy.
2: I do. I think it's punchy.
0: <laughs> so if we can put 25 million on Andre, I'm thinking we can put 25 million on Batarina. Thing is, he's been flagged up a bit more than Andre, I think. Mm. And well, as much as Andre has obviously made the national squad now, so he's probably flagged there as well. Um There's going to be competition for sure
2: interesting at uh, 25 so uh, we're spending 25 million on andre we're spending 25 no, million but as in
0: on... you'd probably get one or on no
2: either. i'm just going with each of our probably prime picks when that jonathan loves andre so jonathan's being andre i would say mine is definitely you Sugawara. i think he's brilliant i just don't think he's probably going to cost somewhere similar yeah um, Maybe twenty fifteen is possible, but again,
0: there's definitely lots of players from the I- uh, AZ team that needs you know yeah. picking out of. Whether it's from the main squad, you know, Milos and and Carlson mm-hmm. and so on, but also from the youth league squad, you know, Poku has obviously done uh, very well yeah. this year, but Poku has been you know flagged by Barcelona. So as yeah, much as we there's... probably have more cash than Barcelona these days, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a hotbed of talent, especially when you think going back to, I don't know whether it was 12 months ago, we were talking about Vindal as a left-back option before we signed Ted Lee Fico. And as you've mentioned, Poku, Kirk has um recruitment. Kuntma- the initiation of the Kuntma- It's a conveyor
0: belt, really. AZ is uh, a conveyor belt.
2: So, Yeah. From talent perspective, I think he'd come straight into Lyon. Batterina for yourself, I think, again, they're all punches transfers. I think you're more likely to see the likes of Ducor, or maybe Ruo come into yeah. I think in a mixture. I'm trying twi- to
0: think of average players that we have in the league and it will probably be our star signing for this summer. But, you know, I, I really can't think of one.
2: I mean, last like might be one, you know. Say that again. Sorry. Blast
0: might be the, the sort He's of walked, yeah. average signing that comes out as, oh my god, we've signed blast, and it's like, really? <laughs> it, that would feel very much like Felf, to be honest, because that was a
2: signing to get exciting, a signing to get excited about. Just I would have
0: got excited by Enzo Lo for example, but obviously he seems to be making his him. way to to Ren instead, to Len, yeah. which is completely fair they've got European football, we do But that was the sort of
2: signing we would make in the past. It'll just be interesting to see whether we do go for more out there. I like your wording of exotic for signing. I mean,
0: it's Croatia. I wouldn't say it's that exotic. It's not bringing in a Zimbabwean is, striker. Which
2: just war. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the more eccentric signings, not necessarily what you would paint the... Or that's Leon signing. I think Ailing
0: is more of an eccentric signing than Batarina, to be honest.
2: Yes, I just think Ailing is a Brexit player. He's a Burnley player. He's not going to sign for Burnley because they've changed their mold of transfer dealings, yep. too. But um, Sean Dyche may be um, on his phone. Saying, "Come join me at Everton." Uh, oh God! <laughs> but yeah, interesting shouts all around. If you're, if you've got any shouts, reply to the tweeting of this episode on Twitter and let us know if you feel like any of our shouts are massively on the money or massively off the money. Um, again, if you've got any transfers you think we should be profiling going forwards. Uh, with rumours, I saw one rumour earlier in the transfer window. We were linked with Irving Lozano from Napoli. Of course, we were. Seems like a complete pipe dream, but again, you know, Victor Ozyman as well. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lozano is more attainable. Oh, than of course. But going off the basic, that I can't imagine a Mexican playing for Leon. And again, he's not really had a season as a starter for probably two or three seasons. So it does feel more like a Lyon signing, but again, there's no way Herving Lozano signs for Leon this
0: summer. I mean, um, I do agree with Jonathan. There's like there's prime talent in Italy to get. And mm-hmm. with most clubs being financially not great, uh, there's definitely talent to get out there. Uh, whether it's from Sassuolo, who have had a pretty poor season. I mean, I'm not saying that we should sign Berardi, but, you know. That'd be a dream. That'd be a dream. <laughs> I think he's destined like, Locatelli to make it to Juventus. But yeah. that's the it's the kind of signings where the clubs are are haven't done as good as they should have mm. and are financially not great. I mean Roma are technically not great, which is why I'm surprised they're signing Indica and all that lots. No, but uh, yeah You know, who knows? Uh so I think there's there's exciting times ahead. Uh but we say this every time, but now we do know that there's different structure. There's a new head of recruitment who has proven in the past to be a bit exotic. Let's hope we don't get Luis Suarez uh, signed <laughs> next week. Or, I don't even know, Enrique Luis Enrique, whatever his name was from Marseille as well. There's a couple of names recently where it's been like, I don't know. He's not-
2: Enrique, or
0: is that the guy who plays for Monaco? Am I getting mixed up? No, so. yeah uh, not shower Enrique, the, the other Enrique the Winger, who was who was
2: Oh of course, yeah. And I'm thinking of uh,
0: the right the... left back. Yeah. Who's actually Col- pretty good?
2: Yeah. I'm thinking of players like Conrad de la Fuente and players like that as well. It's just Yeah, hype you. dream. Um,
0: yeah, let's get Vanderson through the door if we want to right back. Perfect. But, oh, obviously, Monaco are arrivals to us now, so uh, we can't really that's not gonna happen.
2: No, it's a pipe. Any time transfer would like to be a pipe dream. And I don't think any of the names we're mentioned, besides Entity, will actually be. Ducore. <laughs> Ducore is probably the most realistic, plausible transfer. But again, it's a case of how much money the club got to spend. No one knows. And what sort of players are they profiling? I think everyone within the fan base, from what we see on Twitter anyway, is agreed on a centre back, a midfielder, a right back. Forward option, so essentially a new spine of a team. Uh Pardon the
0: goalkeeper, I think we're happy with for yeah. now. Uh,
2: but we'll see. Any transfers that do come in, of course, we'll be talking about them in our season preview episode, unless we record before then. And there's a yeah. major transfer we need to talk about. Uh, probably three. My old Messi
0: has signed for Leon, actually. <laughs> okay. We <laughs> um, do a so. special.
2: I think it'd be more than a two hour special. I think
0: we'd all be sat here crying our eyes out. But yeah, not, not. I don't here, know but. if I'd be crying. I don't know for what reason I'd be crying. I'd be like, why the hell would Messi sign for us? And what does it actually bring? Yeah, well, it'd bring a
2: lot commercially to the point. Oh,
0: <laughs> this is not a Zombie less anymore, is it? Ice cream parlor, Lionel Messi. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs>
2: uh, but anyway, we will be back to discuss our transfer dealings. Probably what we still need to do at the window as we start the season as well. Obviously, the tran- the season starts halfway through the transfer window as well. Um, but thanks, as always, for listening. As I said, let us know what you think about our shouts or if there's any shouts you would have said of who are perfect for Leon and we'll check them out. Um, and as always, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Bye.